don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. It's May 18th and time for your Social and Six update. As always, we're bringing you the six most important news stories from the ever-changing landscape. To fill you in on the news you might have missed and of course to give you plenty to talk about in our Facebook group. So without further ado, let's get started. Well, <laughs> I'm a girl, so I'll hit girl. Are you going to build mine? Yeah. Okay. Nose. Big schnaz. So you could do this and this. First up, Facebook has launched avatars in the US. Yes, it'll probably come as a surprise to US users that avatars have been available in Australia, Canada, and even Europe since 2019. The feature which we're talking about is a direct Bitmoji competitor that lets you create an animated version of yourself. You can use them in stories or messenger, in Facebook comments, in most places really. The difference here though is the fact that the US, which is one of Facebook's largest, if not largest markets, has got the feature after everyone else. I have a few theories on this and the first has to do with testing. Like every platform, Facebook has a habit of testing features in certain markets over the course of many months to see which features work best and which are worth scrapping before launching in bigger markets. Now, I suspect COVID-19 has also accelerated the features US launch, owing to the fact that many of us are solely communicating online now. But really, the best advice I can give you is to look between the lines. Earlier this year, Snapchat reported that 70% of their daily active users have made a Bitmoji. Since then, the app has pumped plenty of resource into the feature, bringing deepfake-like technology to Bitmojis and even launching a Bitmoji TV series. Never want to fall behind, I imagine Facebook will do the same and pump even more resource into avatars, seeing as they've made such a big deal about its US launch. Platforms will continue to refine and develop augmented reality ads. Eve, TikTok comes with Snapchat with augmented reality adverts. Yes, TikTok is preparing to launch a brand new ad format, this time in augmented reality, as it looks to further ramp up its ad product development. So this new AR brand effect ad lets brands create interactive visual effects that users can add to their TikToks. Now, these effects are basically identical to Snapchat's lenses or Instagram's AR filters. They let users interact with the physical environment around them and also change their appearance. So as well as augmented reality, the new ads will be clickable and in true TikTok style, they will feature music tracks and popular sounds. Now, this is very good news for brands, but less so for other platforms. It puts TikTok head to head with Snapchat and its sponsored lenses and world lenses. And in this case, it's actually gone one step further than Instagram, whose AR filters haven't been made into an ad product. So lots of people have been saying TikTok is relatively slow to monetize. But if you think about the milestones it's hitting and how early on in its lifespan the app actually is, I think that the speed and the success of each development TikTok is making right now is unheard of in social. They are very carefully following the roadmap that was laid out before them by Facebook, Instagram and Snapchat. And by the looks of things, are only taking Making what they've seen works and are leaving out the rest. I've been spending a lot of time personally on TikTok over the last few months, like a lot of people, I'm sure. And when you really see the appeal on the user end and see how addictive it is and how sophisticated its algorithms are, it becomes very clear why Facebook is quaking in its boots. Now, this is not a feature that you can rip off. It can't be bought. And right now it feels like the whole world is on it. So I'm very excited to see what comes of their foray into AR. Cyberbullying is a worldwide problem that's growing fast. Now, Instagram has unveiled some new anti-bullying controls. Yes, a very important recent story from Instagram. They've unveiled three new features aimed at lowering the spread of cyberbullying. They are the ability to delete comments and followers en masse, new options to select who can and cannot tag you in posts and comments, even if you're a public profile, and a new feature that will let you pin comments on posts. Now, I find that one particularly interesting as the aim is to reinforce positive messages and a tone on certain posts. 
And while its use function is to curb bullying, I can see this being very useful in more than a few ways, although don't quote me on its availability to brands. Now, one of the big telltale signs here is that these features are especially useful for influencers and those with huge followings who are often subject of abuse from trolls. To launch three new features at the same time is also very telling. You may remember Instagram's head of platform, Adam Missouri, vowing to clamp down on cyberbullying last year in the wake of a few unfortunate and tragic deaths. It's a step in the right direction for Instagram, which has clearly taken user safety very seriously. Now we're going to pause just for a minute because we have a question to answer from Jonathan. Hi Eve, hi Theo, hope you're both well and keeping safe. Very quick question for you. Do you envisage that the personal and community tone that seems to be so prevalent across business social media platforms will continue for some time after COVID-19 starts to recede? Or do you think we'll revert back to business as usual? And in the case of sort of commercial businesses, back to the old ways, which seem to be more money orientated, less personal in tone. Hi, Jonathan. First of all, thanks for your question. We really hope you're doing well and keeping safe. Now, in answer to your question, personally, as a copywriter, I don't think we can go back to the money orientated tone after COVID-19. And the reason I think that is because of how social media is set up. When brands rub shoulders with your contact list, including friends and family, your biggest responsibility as a brand is to ensure an advert doesn't sound or feel like an advert. And I think that's been true for many years. Now, as copywriters, it's our role to give brands personalities and to make them sound a bit more human than they are. And you may remember our guests a few weeks ago on Social Minds, the Johns, who said, we've forgotten to speak to humans as humans. So if anything, I think there's only one way we can go with this. And that said, we are now back in a recession. I'm not sure if that's the same for the rest of the world. And I think more than ever, price is going to play a part in consumer decision making, whereas values and heart may have been more prevalent before. That said, the balance comes from delivering financial benefits, savings, promotions, and all those other consumer triggers in a way that feels natural, like an influencer or any other human for that matter. I hope that answers your question, Jonathan. Thanks again for sending that in. Now back to the stories. It's Coffee Talk, baby, with Zane and he. Moving on, a very exciting update here, Eve. Spotify's testing video podcasts. Yes, that's right. Spotify is starting its test with two YouTube celebrities, the vlog squads Zane and Heath, if you know them, uh, who already have a video podcast that they broadcast on YouTube. So this test is global and it will allow the two creators to upload their recorded video footage to the Spotify app and it'll show up for about 50% of the show's Spotify podcast listeners. Now, from what I can see of how the feature looks, the test doesn't visually indicate which episodes have videos to accompany them. So listeners will only know once they tap to press play and see the video footage at the bottom of the screen. But what interests me about this update is the fact that Spotify has gone straight to two YouTube favourites to very blatantly steal business, essentially, from its competitor, as the video podcast in question currently sits on YouTube. But Spotify is determined to be a major player in podcasting, and even though there are lots of podcasts that live on YouTube, they've never actually expressed interest in focusing on that area. Now, there are no dedicated features for podcasters on YouTube. It's just convenient for video podcast because it's a video streaming site. If Spotify's test goes well, I think we'll see a lot of creators make the jump over from YouTube and the latter won't really know what's hit them until it's done. Now, this is just an initial test, of course. If it goes well, though, I think the feature will likely come to more podcasts in the future and fast. 
Content moderation is a really difficult job. You have to take Facebook's policies, which can change every day, and then apply them to decide what stays up on Facebook and Instagram and what comes down. Now, Theo, another important update. Facebook is going to pay out $52 million to moderators. Yes, some uh, kind of bleak stories uh, this week. But yeah, I'm not sure this court case will go down in history, but it's a massive ruling all the same. Facebook has agreed to pay out $52 million to content moderators who have been mentally and personally affected by content such as terrorism beheadings and child abuse. Now, as you may know, Facebook largely employs moderators from third-party companies and has in the past come under some criticism for not affording them the same support and access to mental health resources that it would to its permanent staff. Now, Facebook has agreed to pay $1,000 each to moderators and more on top of that in compensation for those who have been affected with mental trauma, including PTSD, as a result of working for the platform. This story also coincides with another new update from French lawmakers who have said they will find tech giants and platforms if they fail to take down harmful and illegal content within a 24-hour window. Now, many internet groups have already hit out saying that that time frame is much too unrealistic is clearly a massive issue facing all platforms, which is why many are turning to artificial intelligence to deal with the sheer amount of hate crimes, abusive content, and indecent material that is uploaded online on a daily basis. What would you say is your number one priority at Twitter right now? It sounds like this is one issue you're thinking about, but but what would you say is top of the list? Conversational health. More new features this time on Twitter, Eve. Yes, Twitter is continuing its journey of self-improvement under quarantine. Uh, there have been a few updates in the last two weeks, the main one being its latest effort to deal with harassment. So Twitter is testing a new feature that gives users a second chance before they tweet using offensive language. So people who reply to a tweet with harmful words will see a prompt asking them to consider editing before tweeting their reply. Now, I took the liberty of doing a quick search on Twitter to gauge public response and saw that Twitter users are already rejecting the idea. Some have called it passive-aggressive and in some cases, the message makes it more likely to make you want to swear. Many have likened it to being really angry and then someone telling you to chill. Never going to end well. People are also criticising the platform's choice of words, which refers to hate as heat-of-the-moment comments, when in many cases it is genuine hate caused by much deeper social issues. Still, you know what Twitter users are like. They just love to hate. I'm sure if and when the feature is released, people will get used to it like they always do. I also don't think that reaction, although interesting, speaks for the majority. Another feature Twitter has released is a new tab to organize retweets and retweets with quotes so you can see other people's tweets about your tweets. Now, this update is out now on iOS, but no word on Android as of yet, but I assume it won't be far behind. And finally, Twitter has now fully rolled out conversation thread replies, which organize the order of a tweet's reply by the time of posting and by the person they're talking to. Now, that one had been in testing for nearly a year, so it is good to see it finally take shape. And Twitter's employees have certainly been busy. It seems working from home is doing wonders for their efficiency. And maybe that's why the company announced last week that its staff had the choice to work from home forever if they wish. Eve, very interesting to see your Spotify update because I have a bit of a... It's an interesting one with Spotify because it's definitely my main platform of use, especially for podcasts. But no matter what they do, I still just don't think that the discoverability is there compared to that of, say, Apple Podcasts. 
Yeah. So when you compare it to YouTube, I think Spotify comes out on top, which this story kind of focuses on. But I, I agree with you. When you start comparing it to Apple Podcasts, they've just been in the game for a lot longer. It is more sophisticated. But I have high hopes because I do, in terms of like user interface, I do really enjoy using Spotify. Discoverability is their biggest problem. If they get that sorted, then I, I have high hopes for where this will go for them. 100%. One thing I did want to ask you about, actually, was a story that I brought up about the uh, avatars for Facebook. So like many people, I'm aware of Bitmoji. I probably have at one point had a Bitmoji, but I've definitely not myself used avatars on Facebook or in Messenger. I'm wondering if you had. To be honest, I, I had a Bitmoji on Snapchat. I use it sometimes. It's just one of those, for me, um, anyway, a bit of a gimmick feature that serves no real purpose. It's a bit of fun. I quite enjoy the one that you get on Apple with the new iPhone because it like mimics your face and it's quite smart in the way it uses the camera to like create your actual expressions. I quite like those. I will say like this Bitmoji thing and Instagram's cyberbullying updates they're very interesting features, especially the cyberbullying stuff from Instagram. But I've been very like just focused on TikTok at the moment and comparing all the very like creative updates and features that um, they're focusing on and doubling down on. It kind of shows where for me, Instagram and Facebook, etc., have been a little bit lacking recently. Mm. Uh, if you remember, there was one year where Instagram was just bringing us like feature after feature after feature. It was like Instagram stickers like every single week for stories. Um, and now Instagram and Facebook both seem to be a lot more focused on what's going to give them a good PR headline, which you can kind of get like they've had some damage control to do. But I'm, I'm getting kind of bored. I'm not going to lie. I want some creative features. I want you'd think with live, for example, the only update we've seen is them monetizing live. It's not actually giving us any interesting features. We've had to build those ourselves for live. So it would be nice to see more of that. 100%. I completely agree. You don't, don't think I could add anything more to that. I think you've hit the nail on the head for a lot of people. A bit of a rant. Thinking. <laughs> Join us next week for a very special episode with Chris Stokel Walker, who is a UK based journalist who has written about YouTubers and YouTube culture, the likes of Wired, The Guardian, and many of the world's biggest tech publications. We spoke to him all about how YouTube is warping themes of celebrity and also the mental health problems that are associated with it for YouTube stars. Shout out to Jonathan this week. Thank you again for sending in that question. Now remember, if you have a question that you want us to answer, get involved in the Social Minds Facebook group. All the links you need will be in the description. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember to leave us a review on iTunes because it really, really helps and allows us to bring you brand new episodes every single week. This has been the Social Minds podcast with myself, Theo Watts, Eve Young, and produced by Ollie Thompson. 